Hello and welcome to the Potts Podcast after Stoke's fantastic 2-1 victory over Huddersfield Town. The team showed incredible fight back to come back from 1-0 down to win the game. It shows that we've got a fantastic bit of fight in us now and it's going to be a great season. I've got a really good feeling you can feel it around the ground now. And that's one thing we're going to talk about with Ange. We're going to talk about the atmosphere and what we think about the new atmosphere as things change for the pandemic. We're all going to also going to discuss about the women's team because there's been an absolute drop-off that we just don't understand. Also, we're going to go through what Ange did when she met Michael O'Neill, so we're going to get information from that. And of course, to start off with, we're going to do, as normal, player ratings. Right, so hello Ange, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. All the better for three points, yourself? Oh, brilliant result yesterday. I've been absolutely ecstatic with it, to be honest, because... You know, when we went down down 1-0, I was a bit worried. I was thinking, oh, no, here we go. Is it going to be another one of them inconsistent seasons? But they showed incredible fights, and I can't knock them at all. It was a great performance yesterday. Yeah, I would agree with that. When you're not playing well, if you can grind out results, that's all that matters, isn't it? Yeah, I've just been watching the Leeds match. I just wanted to have a quick mention of an horrendous tackle. Right to be back when I was at the bet, where Ryan went to a bad challenge and somebody had his leg broken. It was a... Heartbreaking tackle to see, to be honest. I've had to tear the tally off, really. It was, I'll, I'll say again the same as I said when Ryan did it, it, it was, there was no malicious intent in it, but in these days, you make a tackle like that and you go off. And the other thing, of course, is that it's a young lad and he could be out of the game possibly forever. The player that did it was clearly distraught, but it does make you realise that these players at the top level, well, most footballers, they, they play for the, the love of the game. But if you get injured like that, your life just so quickly changes. Well, it does, doesn't it? Let's be honest, it had a big effect on Ryan, didn't it? He was snubbed for England because of it. He didn't get that big move. I think, to be honest, if it wasn't for that tackle, Ryan might have made a big move to a big club if if it wasn't for that tackle. It, it literally tarnished his career. Yeah, it did. Today, it's just soured the whole match. I know you said you put the telly off. The, you can't really get over things like that can you it's, it was just terrific and it'll have an effect on all the players that were there but best wishes to the young lad and hope he gets better soon yeah I second that I hope he gets well soon I think he's 17 so I'm hoping he doesn't fully affect his career and he can get himself back playing to be honest I wouldn't mind him Stoke as a good player Harvey Elliott right so now we'll move into player ratings that we're going to discuss are you excited are you ready are you up for this I am, and I, and I think you're going to be a bit shocked with some of my ratings today. Oh my God, not sevens? Well, I can't say until you ask me. I'm not going to give the game away for... <laughs> right, so we're going with Joe Berzik. I'll give Joe Berzik a six. I'd, look, I didn't think the team played well today, yesterday, but they ground out the results. I thought Berzik, I've said before the last couple of times, I don't think his kicking's very good at the moment. I don't know what it is, but... And I do still think, as I said, he's got a mistake in him. I thought it was a bit unfortunate, the goal. Yeah, he managed to kick the ball away, but whether that was the right decision, he made a couple of good saves, but for me, it was a six and no more. Got into a six as well, to be honest. I'm quite surprised you joined me in the six club. I don't know what's going on. Must be in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was at fault for the first goal. A little hopeless punt away, really. I mean, yeah. should have done more with that. I don't care what I, what you are. You have to put real power behind it. If he comes to... He basically passed it to the Huddersfield player and I can't even say his names. To be honest, it's getting to that stage now where I'm looking at teams we're playing. I don't even know who the players are. I couldn't name an Huddersfield player yesterday. No. Bajic's got... He's young, isn't he? Which is why I'll give him... He's only 21 years of age. He's got time yet on his side. But he's got to start improving on this. I mean, not long after, there was a bit of a half arse strike, which he palmed away very slapdash as well, nearly went to the forward again. I thought some of the shots he should have held on to, he didn't do yesterday. That was a bit of a concern. 
Yeah, which is why I'm going to go in low, but he's a young lad. I mean, we know he's class. He's part of the England youth set-up for a reason, so I'm not going to go too harshly into him. Right, so now we'll move along to Tommy Smith. Well, Tommy Smith, I didn't think had as good a game as, as he has done recently. He, he wasn't that great, he wasn't that bad. So it was a bit of a nothing game for him, wasn't it? In terms of, there was nothing outstanding. We've got used to him making goals this season, so I'm going to give him a six as well. Ooh, I've got him with a seven, to be honest. <laughs> My God! I, I've got him with a seven because I, I do, he didn't. He wasn't involved in the game. There's no. There's no question. Their left side was nullifying everything he was trying to do, but he didn't do anything wrong. Doing a lot of work of passing in the middle, which is why I give him a seven. To be honest, he, he was performing better than a few out there. I've got to be honest. But it was still an average game. You've already said it. It was a game that was scrappy and we were struggling to get through. And to be honest, I'm going to give him a 7 for that reason. But I've got to be honest, I'm going to be struggling with a few of these players this week. Right, so we'll move into the new Rio Ferdinand, Ben Wilmot. Right, now, this is going to upset you. Because I thought Wilmot wasn't great. In fact, I think I'm being very kind there. There was so many misplaced passes from him yesterday. I love the way he bombs forward. I'm not so sure... Um, he does he does as much as I would like defensively um, but I'm going to say five a five wow yeah going in low yeah uh, I was I was going to go over ten Um <laughs> That's a joke, just a little joke there. Now I'm going to go back here. I'll go over six, to be honest. He was he was probably the weak point of the back line yesterday. He did keep giving the ball away a lot. I think he got caught a few times in the first half as well. But I think... he. he but the thing I liked about him, which is why I'm giving him a six, he never gave up on it, though. He kept going, he kept going, he kept trying new things. He kept trying to get us the ball forward. And I'll give him all credit for that. At times, he's like a little whippet that runs up and then goes and then just scuttles back I like how he moves and it's the reason why I like him as a player and why I'm, I'm trying to grow a ponytail but I'm not getting anywhere near it at the moment no you won't get anywhere with that no I know I'm unless not. you have lots of hair transplants uh, well, in the next few weeks well you never know right so we'll move into the middle Harry Suter I thought Harry Suter did his defensive job quite well uh, I, I thought some of his passes everything was a bit slow yesterday I thought Stoke were a bit ponderous particularly in the first half and I know that Othersfield well I believe Othersfield were wasting time but he was commanding in, in a way so I'm going to give I'm sorry I'm not going to go over the top I'm going to give him a six as well and when you think that he travelled halfway around the world a little bit more than halfway around the world then I think that's you know probably one of the reasons why he wasn't as classy as he might be so yeah. six from me six from you I'll go over seven I thought he was probably the best of the three to be honest, in my opinion, yesterday, he did his duty every time the ball came near him or the attack broke through, he was doing his job. He didn't really make any mistakes where I can knock. Every long ball that came in, he was the man who was heading it away, especially towards the end of the second half when they were breaking in Huddersfield. Like he could even equalised again. I thought he made some very important clearances. I'll go over seven. Surprised he played yesterday, to be honest, after the international duty. Yeah. Right, so now we're going with Ostergaard. Now, I think we're both fans of Ostergaard. He's going to become a bit of a cult figure at Stoke. But I didn't think he was particularly great with, with the ball in his passing yesterday. But he defended really well. And I think he had one blinding run, from what I remember. He, he, he went on a, a fairly serious run. And he got stuck in. And he always gets stuck in. Even when he had a mare at Fulham, he was stuck in. So I'm afraid, again, I'm going to be boring. Give him a six. 
Oh, six is all the way today. Right. I'll go with six again. I think he was similar to Wilmot yesterday. Yeah, apart from that run, and he, and he was diving. He made two good tackles as well, I'll, I'll, I've just remembered. He was conceding possession a lot of the time. and I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if that was because we were missing Joe Allen, which I thought I'd never say, but we, we looked like there was a real divide between the midfield and the defence, which yeah, we haven't seen that till last from last season. But No. You know, it looks like for me, we, we Joe Allen might be more important than we think. A bit of a, he just didn't perform well enough for me yesterday. But defensively, we we came away with the win, so I can't I can't start getting handing out fours and fives. Right, so now we'll go across to the left side with Josh Tymon. Now Josh Tymon, I, I thought he defended well and he put in a couple of really good crosses. But for me, the biggest disappointment, and at one point you could hear the crowd sort of urging people to give him the ball. We didn't give him the ball enough, in my opinion. He didn't get the ball anywhere near enough. You can only do wonderful things if you get the ball. But what he did, he did okay. And I'm going to go to the dizzy heights of a seven for Josh Tymon. Josh Tymon. Right, I'll go in with seven as well, to be honest. It's going to be... I think we swapped places today. It's quite unusual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably the fact that you dragged me down to your level. There's no need for that. You, you, you make your own decision in life. Let's, let's go with that. I'm going to go with a seven because, to be honest, the Huddersfield's defensive plan did work against us yesterday, especially yeah. in the first half because they were pushing their right-backs higher up the pitch. They were basically playing with wing-backs and wingers, which is yeah. very Dutch, I think, from what I remember. And it was nullifying our wing-backs. We weren't able to bomb forward like they usually were, which was leaving us quite toothless. And to be honest, Simon was sort of running in a brick wall every time he tried to break forward. But he gets a seven because he did a couple of bit of movements and a couple of good crosses that really ended up being nothing, but could have been if, if people were moving better. So I'll go on for seven. And yeah. now we'll move into Remain Sawyers. Okay, well, I thought for the first 20, 25 minutes, he was the one midfielder on the pitch that was keeping us going. And then I thought as the game went on, he, he started to, to lose control. I wasn't surprised he was taken off, uh, but I do think at the start of the game we'd have, we'd have been struggling without him, but his passing wasn't great. Um, and I think he looked a bit off the pace, if I'm being honest, and I'm going to give him a 6-2. I'll go over 6, a steady 6. I was, I was tinting towards a 5, but yes, first half he was moving well the ball. He was trying to be a box-to-box, -box, but was kept yeah. getting caught. And that was a bit of a shame. But to be honest, he wasn't getting much support from Klukas, which I'll, I'll be brutally honest. He kept sort of standing next to midfielders, which was a Nathan Jones trait, which annoyed me a lot, especially in the first half. But he was trying things. He was moving. You could tell he hasn't, he hasn't been part of the training regime at West Brom and he's not fully fit because he hasn't been a part of their plans. I'm hoping... In a couple of months, maybe a month or two, he might be up to speed. I just the thing that annoyed me yesterday was the ironic cheers when he went off. I didn't, yeah, I, didn't like I, I didn't like that because he's 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 just come back into training and playing football again, and, and we're and we're basically ironically cheering him off the pitch. I think if he'd played 10, 15 games and he was playing like that, I'd go fair enough. He, he isn't working. Yeah, I agree. But after what one and a one and a half appearances, maybe two appearances, it, it's it's a bit silly, and yep. that's what, he's getting a six. But I thought that was silly behaviour yesterday, and now we'll move on to Sam Clucas. Now Sam Clucas, I thought he would have to step up with Alan not being on yesterday. I expected him to step up and play better, and I thought he was well. I, th I didn't think he was very good at all. I thought he was off the pace. 
he made a couple of good link-up movements, uh, but he didn't impose himself on the game, did he? And no, then he had no. that horrible miss that would have would have sealed the win for us. I mean, I, I, I thought he would bury that. I, I don't know if you remember it, but I just thought yeah, yeah, he would bury it. No, I thought he was. Um, I thought he was a bit of a weak link yesterday. There were the two Huddersfield midfielders who I, I can't think who they were, but he, he, he would either be behind them or he'd just be standing right next to Sawyer's and then pass the ball back to Sawyer's. So, as you can tell, I wasn't overly impressed with him yesterday. So, for me, he's getting a six. And he's, no, he's not. In fact, he's getting a five. I've just downgraded him to a five. Well, I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm getting with a four with Sam Clucas. I think he was the worst player on the pitch yesterday. I think he was the worst player for Stoke, and I would go as far as to say he was almost anonymous, but he can't be anonymous when you miss the chance to seal the three points. So he, he's a five, and he's lucky to get that. Yeah, I thought he's getting a four. I think, was it the second game when he got to come back in the team? And it was like, right, show yourself, show what you can do. And yeah. he put a really stinking four, so I gave him a four then as well. And this is the big problem that we've seen with Sam Kluka. Since that great season when I personally thought he was player of the year. Yeah, same here. He's not been that player since. We've seen like one or two glimpses and it's carrying on again this season. And it's one of them now. Is he going to be another one of them players that's going to be one that we've stuck with for two years? Yeah, possibly. That we're going to have to try and get rid of in a couple of years kind of thing on a free transfer because that chance he missed at the end, I don't care who you are. For somebody who's, who's hit... You know, goals from the halfway line in the state yeah, shape. To, to miss a chance like that, he had time to put it on his left side and place it in the bottom corner. He had enough time in the world to do what he wanted with that. And he could absolutely. have passed it back to Fletcher, who was yeah, completely absolutely. clear. And it, it really yeah. annoyed me because it would have sealed the win. We could have all gone home dead comfortable at that point and it would have been a fantastic, positive wet result, especially as yeah. we didn't perform. Mm. And that's why he's getting a four. It was, it was a below-par performance and it wasn't good enough at all. Okay. Right, so now we move into the worst player on the pitch to the best player on the pitch, which was in Mario Vrancic, an incredible performance. The thing with Vrancic is he, he looks so comfortable on the ball and his set pieces, even in his corners, are just excellent. And whilst it was an own goal that won the match, you have to say the work he put in for that goal, you know, getting in the penalty area, getting the crossover was just sensational. His, his passing is sublime. I think there are ta- certain teams that he won't be able to have that time and space against. But he's outstanding. And he did say after the match that they worked so hard on the set pieces. And it's easy, easier for him because we've got so many big people that are prepared to, to work hard on the set pieces. But to me, he was man of the match. And in, um, in a match that wasn't particularly brilliant, he's going to get an eight. Yeah, an eight, same with me as well. I thought he was... Definitely best player on the pitch, and to be honest, if he wasn't playing yesterday, we wouldn't have won that game. I think we would have lost that one 0 I've got to be honest. Um, yeah. His quality got the brown goal. He got the ball into the right position to create the second goal, and it was an own goal. But you get a bit of luck now and again. And I thought Vrancic really shines. I think as a player that's come in, I, I still don't like him high up the pitch like he was yesterday. But that's always because we're missing Nick Powell. Yeah. And honestly when Nick Powell comes back I think things will start taking for Stoke at the moment we're just a bit laboured in midfield and I thought he was brilliant yesterday and all that's off he gets an 80 as man of the match for me yesterday as well Okay. right so now we move into close second for man of the match which was Jacob Brown I couldn't agree with you more I'm a bit worried about this we've obviously been drinking out of the same teacup Um, (laughs) is that juice? (laughs) Jacob Brown You'll never fault him on effort. You'll never fault him on his energy 
the amount of work he does when we haven't got the ball, closing down, chasing people. And what a well-taken goal. Yeah, OK, the ball was right on his head, but he took it, didn't he? And I thought, second-best player, I'm giving him a 7.5. 7.5. I'll go over seven, straight in over seven. I thought his movement off the ball, his movement with the ball was fantastic. Again, there was a couple of bad first touches, which conceding possession, which he's, he's got to start improving. I can't knock him for anything at the moment, because the thing I knocked him for last season is he was playing games and not scoring goals. And now he's slowly chipping away. I think that's his third this season so far. And... I'm, I'm really impressed with him. He took his chance well. I know the goalkeeper probably should have saved it, let's be honest, but he put enough power in it to dive it in the goal, even with the palm. It was a good performance from Jacob Brown, and I'm liking him more and more. I think he's becoming a bit of a mainstay now, and now it's up to Michael O'Neill to put a player alongside him, which I'm still iffy and are and I'm waiting for Simmer really to see what he can do. So far, so good. Jacob Brown, for me, is slotted in that first-choice position, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. At the start of the season, I was talking about, get him out on loan. And <laughs> now I'm eating my words. He's been brilliant this season. I can't yeah, he has. Him. And we've stuck up without him in that team, the way we're playing. Yeah, when, when, when there's a dogfight, you need players like that. And yeah, that's that's absolutely. what he brings. Right, yeah. so now going to Sam Surridge. Now, I thought he worked hard. He, he, he ran about... To be fair to him, he didn't get the greatest of service, but it was disappointed. I expected more. I thought he had little impact at all, if I'm being honest, and I'm going to give him a six. A six. Uh, I'm going to go with seven. I thought first half he was he was making some good runs, but then he started dying quickly. I think it's like Huddersfield made a tactical change the second part of the first half, where they started marking closer to him, and he wasn't getting that space. I think... Truly, I don't think he's he's fit yet. No, I'd agree with that. I don't think he's quite there yet, but I think eventually he could be that first-team player that'll go across alongside Brown. They've just got to try and get a partnership growing, and the only way yeah, you're okay. going to get that is playing alongside each other regular. Because, I, I mean, okay. I think there's too many swapping and changing now with Fletcher and, and Sam, and I can understand if it's a cup match or you know, there's a midweek game where you, you can swap one or two of them out, but it seems like he's putting Fletcher in, he isn't scoring, then he's putting Surridge in, he isn't scoring, and then I guarantee against Barnsley, Fletcher will be back in. There needs to be a bit more consistency in that. I think that's why Brown is getting better this season, because starting pretty much most weeks, and I think Sam needs that opportunity to get in there. And to be honest, I, I thought second half he was non-existent, and, yeah. and that's the way it sort of panned out. Right, do you want to go through the subs with me? Yeah, of course. Stephen Fletcher. I thought when Stephen Fletcher came on, we looked a better side. He, he, he's always an outlet for the ball, Stephen Fletcher. And, and so when you're under pressure, because they were pushing at us towards the end, um, I thought he helped helped us get through that game. He adds a bit of presence and his tricks and flicks, I think, are just lovely to watch. So, given that he wasn't on for such a great length of time, I'm going to give Stephen Fletcher six and a half. Yeah, I'll go on for five. I mean, he couldn't really impact enough, really, for the time he was on the pitch. I thought, I thought he did all right, but the problem is it nullifies when you've got a Brown and a Fletcher on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. They're too similar, in my opinion. Fletcher isn't a goal scorer anymore. He hasn't got the legs. And it's clear to see what I've seen so far this season. He hasn't got the legs anymore. Maybe he's an impact man to replace Brown, that could be a good fit for me. I think that's his fit now until the end of the season when he'll probably be let go. I feel that he has got a bit of class about him. You've, you've already said that. But personally now, I think he's 
more of a bench player now for Stoke when we've when we've invested in players like Surridge. They need to start getting a partnership now with Brown to make a few a future partnership. Yes, agreed. Uh, yeah, Joe Allen. I thought he gave the ball away fairly easily. I didn't see a great deal of difference between him and Sawyers. He gave some. He made a few sloppy passes. It wasn't one of his better games. I think he needs to be on from the start to to have an impact. So I'm going to give him five and a half. Yeah, it's one of them where I was looking at the game thinking, oh, we miss. I think we missed Joe Allen, and then Joe, yeah. Joe Allen came on. I was thinking. We didn't miss him, actually. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll give him a five again. It's a substitute entity. He didn't really impact the game a lot. And he, he's, we all know he's not an impact sub unless you put him higher up the pitch. Yeah. And I think if we'd put him on, maybe drop uh, Varanch. Well, if, we, if he'd gone as a cam rather than central midfield, we all know Joe Allen could be a bit of a fox in the box now and again. And yeah. I think as an impact sub, that's the best play, way of playing him. Um, not playing him deep because it's. I think it takes him probably 10 20 minutes to get involved in a game, really. It does normally, so it's it was a bit of a disappointment, really. Alfie Doughty, Alfie Doughty, yeah. I, I didn't really think he got a, a great deal of the ball, but when he did get the ball, uh, he looked like he's got some promise. But again, Huddersfield had done a number on our, the way we play and, and they, they sort of nullified him. So, uh, I'm going to give him a five and a half, too. Uh, yeah, I'll go with a five. I think the system we played, to be honest, I, I'm surprised we won. I, I, I really am because the way Huddersfield was set up was completely killing the way we play. We couldn't break down the wing-back roles. We couldn't break through the midfield. It was only a bit of class from Varancic that won us the game. So, you know, Dowerty, when he broke, came on, he, he didn't really impact much. There wasn't a lot of skill or crossing that came in so I can't go higher than a five really I always go on five with subs if they you know they have to do something amazing to get above like, like, like Surridge did when he came off yeah. the bench to score that winning goal right so now we'll go into the whole match as a whole what are you going to put in as your rating well because I thought own goal was our best player I'm giving it a seven <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go over seven because we won the game I think it was a yeah. there was fight in the team, which is something that, to be honest, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen. We grown out of victory, and as you say, and in the past we'd have lost that match. Yeah, to be, to be brutally honest, we would have done. If it wasn't for Verancic and, and Brown yesterday, we, we would have lost that game. I, I don't care yeah. what anyone says, especially under Nathan Jones, but we would have lost four 0 But the the thing is that the performance was there and the fight was there. They knew yeah. they, they knew that Huddersfield were playing a system that was playing completely against the way we played. They were doing it well. And we still come away with three points, and we have to take real acknowledgement of that, and, and that's why it's going to be a seven from me. Yeah, but I, I will just like to add one more thing before we move on. I don't know if you get in to watch the warm up, but yesterday in the warm up, Stoke spent it must have been a good four or five minutes with Bursic sort of floating, well, pinging the ball out to, to the flanks. They spent ages doing it, well, four or five minutes, as I say. Um, particularly to where Tymon would have been, and then it never happened in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's like they've, they've, they've proper done a number on us there because they're expecting because Huddersfield are quite known at the moment to be in a, a sort of kind of a purely system where they break down the wings and swing balls in. And yesterday they completely didn't do that. They were just playing all the way through the middle, quick balls through the middle, and it was you know we, we I don't think we were prepared for it. So no. it, it does make a big difference that we could scrape wins out of this. And this is why I've got a real positivity for this season. Yeah, and listen, we got a win that I thought they were a slightly better team than us. We never tested their goalkeeper. 
Um, they tested ours a couple of times. They also had a couple of good chances which they missed. Uh, so, I'll, again, I'll be honest and say if if we carry on like that and we keep winning matches when we play rubbish, I, I don't care. I want us to go up. No, I don't care. That the Premier League's back, especially with Ronaldo back. It's a shame we haven't got Wilco, isn't it, really? Yeah, that'd have sorted him out yesterday. <laughs> right, so now we'll move it to Michael O'Neill's rating. Okay, well, we won the game. He made subs when he felt we needed to make subs. So I'll give him a seven. Uh, I'll give, I think you're being generous there because the interview, which we're going to talk about after, remember, might be listening. Um, I'll go on with it. I'll go on with a seven again. I think it was we were completely out outmatched by the way Huddersfield were playing. But to be honest, I don't think his subs made a massive difference. To be honest, changed the way we played. I think Fletcher coming on didn't really impact majorly. Neither did Allen. Neither did Dowerty, which is why I'm going to knock it down a bit. But he must have said something something positive because he went out and won the game. So yes, exactly. that, that's why I'm going to give him a seven. And right as we just discussed it. You've had a very good and big impacted interview this week with Michael O'Neill. How was that? Well, I interviewed him because the interview had been arranged. Basically, I, you know I'm on the council, which you aren't. Oh, um, yeah, thanks for that. I, um, I, I just think it's quite nice for him to do something special for the fans. So it's just an interview for, for the fans, not with all the media there. And he had no idea what the questions were going to be, and he answered every one. And I thought the one I was most surprised about was the answer when he said he was shocked with some of the players when when he arrived, you know, and I asked him how shocked, and people who haven't heard the interview should probably listen to it, because he said he was very shocked, and the point that staggered me was he thought exactly the same as probably every fan, like you and me, and um, these players haven't come from Man United, Barcelona or Real Madrid. Uh, or dare we say Liverpool, they've come from teams where they're on the best contracts ever with Stoke and they don't accept any responsibility for the situation we're in. And that's exactly what he said. Did he, did he look nervous when you first went in? Well, I didn't go in, we did it by Zoom because we're not allowed to, to mix with them at a close distance. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Because I, uh, I listened to it, Tyler. He probably was nervous after I told him if he didn't give me the answers. That, no, seriously, he's a very, he's a very competent manager. I, I think he's pragmatic. I think he's got class. I think he's honest. And I think he's the best man for the job at Stoke. Hey. And as I say, he didn't have any idea what the questions were going to be. I mean, he wouldn't know what the questions are going to be because there won't be a question on God's earth. He's not been asked in his, in his life as a manager. But I, I thought he was very honest, uh, particularly when he said he was shocked and, and that was the thing that I thought was the most relevant about the interview that and he hoped he hadn't seen the best performance he was ever going to see from Stoke yet he's, he's just a, a really mature good manager yeah he did he come, he come across well little insight to you know how his head was thinking when he first came into the club and but how, how instantly had an impact which yeah. you know is sh- it must be shocking when you, you know half the players don't want to be there and he has no interest in coaching him you know it yeah. shows the class of the manager he is and he, when he does interviews like that he, it's it's good for Stoke fans we, we've all been moaning at the media um, especially on the Stoke side for not providing content and I thought that that was a, a really good interview that needs to be done more often let's be honest where we can get involved with these kind of play, players and managers and, and find out what's going on behind the scenes yeah. You know, well, thank you. It was, it was really interesting, and, and I think it, I'm, I'm hoping there's more to come. To be honest, because that, that's what I wanted to do on the council was 
to try and get more stuff done with the media because that's I think where our biggest lag is is the connection between the fans and the team because it's like players like Sam Vokes and other players that we don't like and have had real problems with if we actually saw them as human beings we might have actually got you know more connection with them to understand yeah, where they true. are and it's, instead of just having these one-off interviews that we do now where it's like Tommy are you happy ecstatic and then that's it it's, it, it's yeah. moved on so it was yeah. good to see and I'm, I'm glad it's happened Right, so now we're going to move on to some great news that happened last night um, in the US Open. And, and Emmy from Britain, I think she's from Bromley, isn't she? And yeah. she, she, at 18, went all the way through the US Open, including qualifiers, without dropping a set. Yeah, I mean, watching, watching the final, we actually went to, um, to an 80s night at the Victoria Hall and I, I didn't want to go to the the Victoria because I wanted to watch the tennis but listen it was brilliant and we got back when uh, I'd got my phone on looking at the <laughs> looking at the score tennis is not brilliant when you just see the points coming up on your phone but we got back in the first set and from so I saw from when she was just about to win the first set the whole of the second set but the, the, look both the players were brilliant I mean the standard of tennis for two teenagers was unbelievably good as good as anything, if not better than anything I've ever seen in ladies' tennis. But the maturity of both of them, but particularly her, was phenomenal. And she deserved, in my opinion, she deserved to win, obviously, because um, I was rooting for her. But the whole of the crowd, virtually the whole of the crowd were up for the Canadian girl. Uh, and I thought that showed her ability to handle the pressure, because there were a lot of people when she... She did well in Wimbledon, but she got to the stage where she obviously, people will say she bottled it, but she obviously got herself into a state and, and conceded. But the, the mental strength she's developed since then is, is fantastic. And Emma Raducanu will uh, probably win Sports Personality of the Year unless somebody else comes along and does something brilliant. And you know what? In my opinion, that won't be the only major she wins, but... What a what a great role model for for youngsters. Yeah, he said she. It was an outstanding performance from the beginning of the tournament to the end. It was yeah. the maturity of what's going on. Fair enough, Serena dropped out because of injury, but if she can carry this on, she could be one of the greatest tennis, female tennis players of all time. And she comes Absolutely. from and to come from England as well because a lot of people don't like Andy Murray because of course he's Scottish, which I think is a load of nonsense. And it's it's great to see that there's been a change, but I'm hoping there's going to be change in the sport now, especially in, in female sports and in, in women's like women's football, where there's going to be start real change now, where the divide isn't as gigantic as it is. And I feel that she now she doesn't if she doesn't win sports personality of the year, there's so much seriously wrong. Yeah, well, the only reason that she won't win sports personality of the year is if men vote for men, and um, because. I'm being serious here. There's, there's a certain sector of people in this country, well, throughout the world probably, that don't think women can play sport. Well, I, I'll, I'll say to some of those people that say, yeah, but it's only women's tennis, that both of those girls would have smashed most men that think they're good tennis players, apart from the top tennis players in the world. Most of those girls would be blokes that think they can play good tennis. You don't get to be top of any sport, whether you're male or female, unless you're talented and you work hard. And yes, she's only 18, but she's got maturity beyond her years, and I agree with you. 
she could be one of the biggest sensations. For me, she's she's done fantastically for women's tennis, but she's put women's sport back in the spotlight where it should be because there's there's a there's a, a sea change. There's a movement in all sports now. You, you'll have noticed in, in football where you've got women commentators now on the BBC, on, on all the major channels when they do football, and so it should be. And I'll say Emma Hayes is one of the best pundits I've heard, whether it's male or female. Her tactical, her tactical awareness and now is brilliant. So it's great. It's good for women's sport. Well, I'd say it's great. I mean, I, I have no qualms or anything about women's sports. I, I, I watch the WSL quite regularly to be honest I watched Chelsea today I think they won 4-0 I didn't watch the whole game but I, f- I think Chelsea absolutely destroyed Everton and yeah. y- you know I've been to the Stokes women's side a few times and watched watched a couple of g- the games um, which is where I wanted to go into now what is going on with the Stokes women's team at the moment well obviously the manager's gone um I have no idea. I have no idea why she's gone. I've heard several stories that uh, it's uh, employment issues that she she wanted a change. She wanted a rest. Um, I believe she's a very well-rated coach in terms of ladies football. The women's team hadn't done particularly well this season. When you consider they got to the final of the cup competition last season, which couldn't be played because of COVID, and I think they won the first match last week, but they won again today in the cup. Um, both the teams won in the cup matches. Uh, it's a shame, and I don't know who will replace her. But um, I wish her all the best because obviously she's she's done as good as she can. And now that person's gone, and we have to move forward. And the women obviously will come back better and stronger because of it. Well, I, I, I don't know what's been going on because you, you know this, the women's team has slowly been on the rise over the last two three years. Where every time we look at the results, they were winning. Every, pretty much yeah. every week. I think they were second to Sunderland weren't they, the year before the COVID. And yeah. I don't understand how they've gone from that to being so poor. Yeah, you know, well, I, Some of the players have moved on. Uh, now, I don't know why they've moved on. Uh, some of them have gone to uh, more professional outfits in terms of they get paid. And you can't blame anybody for moving to somewhere where they're going to get paid for something that they love to do. So there's a, there'll be a variety of reasons. And just maybe, maybe some of them are, are not as good as they were, or people have sussed them out. I mean, it's no different in ladies' sport than men's sport. Sometimes you have good times, sometimes you have bad times. But let's—I'm sure we both want them to do well again. Well, you know, why? Why are they going to other clubs where they can get paid? Why aren't Stoke trying to do something like this? Is this what a big issue I have? Is I'd love to see Stoke in the WSL. It'd be or the, or the WSL too. You know, what, I don't understand why we don't push for that. Because it brings um, I, the fan I think it's slowly, I think it's slowly, slowly with the football club. I'm not sure the football club are convinced. Uh, you've got to have a better infrastructure that, than our ladies team have at the moment. But certainly, I do with you. I, I think, listen, it's, it's a well-known fact. Um, I brought up in a street where uh, the, other, the two girls were in the street were much older than me and didn't do sport. And if I didn't go out and play football or cricket, with the lads or war games even you imagine that nowadays war war games yeah yeah you know rolling down the hill and pretending you were from germany (laughs) it was uh, great fun and i can speak fluent actung and blitz and krieger but uh, anyway being being serious you know if i didn't play cricket or football or 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 tennis even i I would have had no no childhood in in the street that i was born so i I think it's to me if i hadn't have played 
there wasn't the opportunities to play football like there is now when I was growing up. And I would love to have put on the red and white shirt of Stoke. And all those people that are playing for the football club will feel the same. And hopefully it'll come good. And hopefully they'll stay with our club because our club will be a good club to play for. Yeah, it, it would be. I just feel there's not enough going on, in my opinion. I think we should be pushing and pushing and pushing for the WSL. I think in the long run, it does have a good impact on the on the first team. Plus, we might be able to go watch a final and see Stoke maybe win a cup. Yeah, because that would be good. It's more chance of that than there is the men's team, even though we could all out. But, you know, as we haven't won a trophy since 1972, I mean, I haven't seen us lift a major trophy in my lifetime closest obviously was the FA Cup final so to see the, the women do well it, it only be it just adds more chance doesn't it, it yeah it's, it's true well it, I'll tell you what if after we've done the podcast I'll make a point of sticking that down and seeing if anybody else wants it added to the agenda for the next meeting so um, that will happen yeah we've got to, got to push more for the women's team because you know it, it brings in a fan base as well you've got yeah. to start modernising and that's all I'm going to say yeah Right, so now I want to quickly discuss about the atmosphere yesterday at Stoke. Have you have you noticed a change in the atmosphere around the ground? A change in what way? Well, it's not so much the empty seats because I expected there was going to be a big drop off after the after COVID, but I just don't feel that the atmosphere is is as weak as it's been since the return of COVID. And I'm wondering what your views are on that. Firstly, I thought there would have been more youngsters there yesterday because obviously we were told that there's, you know, they'd sold about upwards of 800 tickets to the kids to go in to, uh, to sit in the corner. Now, once the schools are back, which they are now, the Stoke will go into the schools and do the free tickets for, for kids. But apart from that, I thought the atmosphere wasn't great and I don't think it's been uh, really that great since, since people have come back in. I don't know why that is. Maybe people are just not wanting to shout anymore. I can't believe that because, you know, when your team scores, you you get up and shout, don't you? Uh, I, I have noticed it. I don't think it's as good as it would be. It, it has been in the past. And hopefully it will change because the more Stoke win, I mean, you look at the table, we're third now. The more Stoke win, the more people should, you'd think, come back into the football matches. But the gates aren't as good as I expected. Are they as good as you expected? No, I thought we would have had more, to be honest. Yeah. I, I really did. I, I, I'm, no, I'm noticing more and more patches all the time, and, and I'm get, yeah. I'm, I don't like it when the away fans bring up empty seats, empty seats. I don't like that, especially no, for a, club, a football club like Stoke. We should be having, you know, over twenty thousand even on bad days. Yeah. And it's, to be honest, though, it, it seems like we've lost his edge when it comes down to his songs as well. Because one thing I've always been so proud of as Stoke is. The witty songs we come up with, the witty songs that we used to bring up. I mean, I don't yeah. bring up a lot of them because obviously a lot of them are, you know, <laughs> very abusive language. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it seems like yesterday, because I'm sitting right near the away end, and it, it, it is always a better atmosphere when, like, Nottingham Forest, where they were closer, and it, it, it does bring up a bit of a banter, which is always good. But it seems like we, we've we lost his edge. Which, yeah, I would agree. It was very disappointing. It was like yesterday, we were there was a lot of people singing like the Kenwyn Jones song just randomly and whatever they wanted just because <laughs> they, you know they were just bringing up random songs. I, mean, I think I heard Overson at one point as well. Yes, I heard that as well. And I, I don't mind songs like that, but there's a time and a place when we play a, a Luton or whoever could play for West Brom as well. And you could bring it up then, 
but not <laughs> not, not against other seals because they don't give a monkeys. No, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it seems like at the moment there's like a somebody with a him going right. We're going for number two now. He is. It's <laughs> Delilah, number yeah. four. Yeah. And I've got a shotgun veil. <laughs> it's literally the same songs over yeah, and over again. It is a shame. Yeah, and, and I want to. I've, I've seriously want to know what's going on with the Boovin end. Yes, it's um, it it is a different atmosphere this season. Hopefully, as I've said, it will improve when when we start climbing the table. If we can climb the table much higher, of course, because we're pretty near the top now. Yeah, well, we're doing second, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I almost wish the season was ending tomorrow. <laughs> well, probably not tomorrow. Let's hope we get to the top two on Wednesday and then it can yeah. end. Well, speaking of Wednesday, we'll go through that now. So, obviously, under the lights, we've got Barnsley. Yeah, Barnsley were, were well beaten. I don't know. I, I just wonder if he'll, if he'll change the system. He'll sort of look more from the midfield. He'll want more from the, from, from the midfield. I mean... I think he'll play Fletcher. I don't think he'll play Surridge. And I, I just—it's—it's it's going to be a hard match. They're all hard matches. Grant. I mean, you know, you saw Blackpool beat Fulham, even though they had like rocks of chances for them. You, you can't say anything. But aren't we the main game on the TV on Wednesday? From what I've heard, yeah. It, it's to be fair, it is one of them games. I can't call it myself. I'm—I'm I'm really Barnsley scare me as a as a team because. You don't know what's going to turn up. One minute it's a team that will win seven in a row, nine in a row, whatever, and then they'll then they'll go and get battered. <laughs> yeah, well, I I think I think Vrancic uh, will play, and I don't think he'll play against Derby. I just can't see him. I mean, he might do, but I just can't see him playing three games in a in a in a week. I'd certainly not play Klukas. I don't know what you would go through the team. I think I, there's a lot of spaces that aren't being filled at the moment so it's great how we're getting results because at the moment I'm still vague like Brown picks himself Vrancic picks himself I think after this performance I think Joe Allen now picks himself I'm still I'm still not 100% on the goalkeeper because I'd put no, I, I think he'll play Bursic I, I don't think he'll drop Bursic see I'd put Davies in against his old club yeah I'd, so I'd, would I but I'd, I'd, I just don't think he will I mean I think he'll keep with Smith I think he'll keep with I'll, I'll tell you what I think my team will be I, I think Bursic will play Smith, Ostergaard, Suter, Wilmot and Tymon. I think they're nailed on. I think he'll play Allen and Sawyers. I think he'll... There's no chance of Powell being fit, so I think he'll bring Thompson in. And I think he'll play Brown and Fletcher up front. Yeah, I'm hoping... Is, is there a chance of Simmer being on the bench, though? Uh, I can't see how he'll be on the bench, if I'm being absolutely honest. He, he doesn't arrive in the country till Monday night. Right, so ah. Tuesday he'll come down, get his kit, get to know the players. I just don't think he won't have he won't have trained. I think that's he, he's one. He's going to be three or four weeks away. Right, that's a bit disappointing. But that's just me. I, I mean, I, that's just my thoughts. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, Martin. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd put Davies in, give Berger a rest because he was a bit wobbly against Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, I'd put. I'd probably put Danny Bat in for Wilmot just to give him a rest. For yeah, the Derby okay. game, I'd go with Suter again. Definitely Ostergaard again because I think he's got a he's a cementer for me. Um, I'd give Dowerty a go on the left. Tommy Smith picks himself because there's no one else really pick. Um, midfield, I'd go with Sawyers so- so again because I just want I want seem fit and, and the only way he's going to get fit and sharp is is playing games. Um, yeah. I'd, alongside him, I would definitely play Thompson because I want to see Thompson. I haven't seen him for a while. 
and he, he can't be much worse than Klukas for that performance uh, yesterday. Vrancic had start again, and then yeah, they'd probably have the same Brown and Fletcher up top just to. Yeah. But it, they yeah. do nullify each other, and that's the only problem with them two together. I, I don't mind Fletcher and Brown, but I don't like them together naturally. Really, I, I, I prefer one or the other compared to both together because I think they nullify each other because they're both good knock on men but there's no one running through so no, it, very very true that but they do work together if you've got Nick Powell behind doing the run through because then you've got two providers yeah. then it works but for Ancic hasn't got that pace to bomb forward no. and, and get behind so it's it's a difficult one and Barnsley let's be honest they're a very young side they're very hit and miss they're what I call an anomaly football club Barnsley they're a club that could go up or could yeah. go down you don't yeah. know with them you and don't know which team you're getting but I, I think squad rotation given the, the, the load of matches that are coming up and you've got the cup match next week as well you've got Derby Saturday Watford Tuesday is it yeah. um, you're going to need some squad rotation and you're going to need to keep some of your, your players hungry so it'll be it'll be interesting but I, I think he'll play Fletcher for certain because uh, his hold-up play and his link-up play is, is far superior at this moment in time to me than Surridge. Yeah. To be honest, I'm, I would be tempted actually to drop Brown and put Fletcher on. So how many on. changes, Ian, are you going to make? I, 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 I'm all over the place because I'm trying to figure out who's going to score a goal because I don't but think... You don't, make, you, don't, you don't make four or five changes to a winning team. You, you just, you're dripping it. I mean, you can put Danny Barton and, and, and take apart the back five. Well, you know, you've got to, you've got to keep keep them rested, haven't you? We've got we've got Derby at the weekend. We've got Watford after them. A game after that, there's got to be some kind of give. And I think what he needs is to. At the moment, it's too early to judge, but eventually, I'm hoping he's got a midweek team and he's got a weekend team. Possibly, but you've had two weeks. You've had two weeks off. Uh, not off, but Wilmot and Ostergaard have, have, have played that match against Man United. Uh, Harry Suter obviously has been away and, and Joe Allen's been away and played in Bursley but um, well I, I wouldn't make those that many changes but we'll see what happens yeah we'll, we'll find out I just the reason why I'm thinking Surridge with Fletcher is because Surridge could be that attacking man off the knockdowns and play through with Fletcher yeah, rather yeah, than he would be. instead of the two nullified centre forwards yeah. as I call them compared to the striker and then that that's what my thinking is Right, so yeah, and, and as you say, it's a squad game, so we just go with you know the squad. Well, that, that's the thing, right? So we we'll also so we go for a score prediction. What do you reckon? Against Barnsley. Against Barnsley. Um, I'm going two-one Stoke. Very positive. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go with a one-all draw. I've got to be honest. I think there's going to be a draw against Barnsley. Right, okay. I'm going to stick. With, I'm going to stick with me thing. You, you got it right last week, by the way. You, you predicted a two-one, and you've got it. Yeah. Um, say one nil up there. Now Derby. Oh yes. Well, I'm hoping. That's all I can say. I'm hoping we batter them. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, I used to like Derby. I've and never I, liked I just Derby. don't like them anymore. I've I'll Derby. Leave it at that. <laughs> um, and I hope we batter them four nil. But I don't think we will. I think we'll win two one. I think it'll be two two ones. I'm, I'm going to stick. I'm, I'm going to stick with me three nil. I, I am going to stick with it. I can't explain okay. why because we look very laboured up front, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think we're gonna turn up again. I think it's gonna be another okay. shock like Swansea, where we properly right. turn up, and I'm gonna stick with that result. I don't know well, why, I've got, but I've got a feeling. But but knowing, but I said the year when 
it really destroyed us for Dor- when he played for Derby. I said we were going to win 3-0 there and we got battered 4-0. It was one of the best birthdays of, I can remember, to be honest. It's another one done, Angie. Are you glad about it? Uh, well, I'm glad it's another one done um, because they always go much quicker when you're winning, don't they? Yeah. Well, here's, here's a question I'm going to ask you um, and I'm, I'm going to ask all our one listener. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to ask, when everybody is here, so we're obviously waiting for the senior to join us, what do you think our best side will be? So for the next podcast, if I'm invited... Could we talk through what people think our best side will be? Because you just said there's a Monday side, uh, sorry, a midweek side and a weekend side, or a cup side, whatever. I'd love to know what our best side will be, or what people think it will be now, because I'll bet you by Christmas we've changed their opinion. Yeah, we probably will be, yeah. Uh, I'll put that up on the page, um, so people can put, answer it, I'll put it on Twitter, I'll put it on Facebook, I'll put it on Instagram, and see what people think, and I'll, I'll jot it all down, see... See what people think. There's going to be a few people putting Bueller in. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. We were from Vale, um, <laughs> but, but we'll go with that. So that's another one done, Ange. Thanks for that. All right. Well, listen. I really appreciate it. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, thanks for not ripping apart my um, my lesson sevens this week. I know. I know. I I am, but the fans do. Yeah, might might start having a go. Right. Thanks for that, Ange. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Pleasure. So if you like the podcast. We're on all podcast platforms now. We're on Amazon, we're on Spotify, we're on Podbase, we're on everyone you can think of. We're also on social media, which I'm hoping you can be all a part of. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All you have to do is just put in the Potts Podcast on either one of them platforms and you'll find us easy. There's also a group called The Potters. It's fantastic. So thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the best.